Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Well, welcome everybody. It's so good to be together. And for folks who I haven't seen this year yet, may I just take this opportunity to wish you happy birthday. And this happy birthday blessing will last the whole year. So even if your birthday's in December, it still counts. All right. Everybody greeted, everybody feeling like, yay, loved. Fantastic. All right. So uh, where's the cake? If you go downstairs, um, yeah. So um, we're looking forward to gathering together this coming Wednesday. Can I invite you all to come and join us? We're going to be speaking about the way forward. The Lord's been laying on our hearts that there's a new way for a new day. And with our community connect groups, there are going to be some new things that we're going to be putting into place this year. So we'd love for you to join us on Wednesday. This last week, we just had the most extraordinary time of just encountering the Lord, being in His presence, and uh, sharing communion together was really so, so good. So I invite you, please come and join us this Wednesday, 7 o'clock. That'll be great. I think we're going to have childcare. Yep, we'll have childcare as well. That's an even better reason to come. All right. So um, there were these two cows that were in the field munching away on the grass and, um, you know, just catching up and uh, just having a good old conversation. So the one cow says to the other one, have you heard there's this pandemic of mad cow's disease that's going around? And the other, guy, the other cow said, yeah, but fortunately I'm a penguin. All right, so we've been talking a little bit in the last few weeks about what God is doing on the planet, how we need to stand firm and see His deliverance, understanding that what we've been through has been a test. And uh, we, we drew on our school experience of taking a test. And some of us went into a bit of a cold sweat. And some of us remembered, you know, all different kinds of experiences from our childhood. And I remembered one particular math teacher. His name was Max. And he would take great delight in preparing us for the exams. And he would say, now watch out, boys. There's some tricks in the paper. And the reason that he knew that there were tricks in the paper was because he set the papers. But because he wanted us to pass, he would tell us in advance what to look out for. We have the Bible, which is like preparing for an open book test. And the one who is going to examine us on that day has revealed to us all the answers. 
And he has explained to us exactly what he's going to be looking for. And so the tests that we go through on earth are a preparation for the final exam. So this is good news that we are going through all these tests and trials because it's preparing us for that final exam. Is that good? All right. So as we look back on the last two years and the exam that we've been taking, we want to kind of gauge, so how did we do? Mm -hmm. Now one of the other sneaky things that our teachers used to do was that they would come back to class with all the papers and then they would hand them out to us unmarked and they would say, guess what? It's going to be a self-marking test. So it would be based on the honor system yeah, we'd need to be honest with ourselves, but the teacher would use this as an opportunity for us to learn much more than if they had done all the work of marking on our behalf. Because the teachers would again explain to us, before we got to take out our red pens, exactly what the examiner was looking for so that we would prepare ourselves next time for what the answer should be. You know, you can write whatever you want in the exam, but if you're not writing what the examiner is looking for, you don't get marks. Now, you can do all the things that you want to do because you think it's a good thing to do. In fact, many people across the planet desire to go to heaven, but they want to determine how it gets marked. Serve Jesus? No, we're not interested. Uh, you know, if I just do a couple of good deeds, then I deserve to get into heaven. Uh, actually, that's going to be a fail. So we don't get to determine what the answer should be. The examiner is the one who determines what is right. Now God is our examiner and he has given to us all of the answers in advance. So let us take the opportunity now this morning over the next few hours... <laughs> to... to Examine how we've done over the last two years and to see whether we've passed. Okay? Now, the amazing thing with spiritual tests is that our good heavenly Father, His desire is for you to pass the test. And so before you even start to mock at the top of your paper, write, pass. Give yourself a pass even before we start. This is incredible. He doesn't want us to fail. This is not about trying to see, you know, if we can be excluded. Remember, God so loved 
you and the world that he gave his son so that no one would be failed. Everybody has the opportunity to pass. That's his heart, his desire for us. So at the top of your paper, as you're going to do self-evaluation, start with a pass mark. Come on. Pat the person next to you on the back. Say, well done, you passed. Yeah. You see, teachers love to have a good pass rate. Not so. All right? And so, as we would sit down there, wondering what the marking was going to reveal, the teacher would say to us, all right, it's a bit of a hard test, but you've all done well. Now, in order for us to get to that, I want you to look for ways in which you can award yourself points. And if it's half right, mark it as right. In other words, you're approaching the self-examination from a positive point of view. Your mindset as you come to the self-examination is really important. So as we look at ourselves, how have we done over the last while? Let's approach this from the point of positivity. We're looking for everywhere where we can get at least half a mark. Hopefully full marks. Are we okay? All right. You ready? You got your red pen? Oh, before we can start marking, let me give you a few things to look out for. It's only going to take me about 45 minutes. <laughs> All right, let's try and do the condensed version. You see, the teachers would say, okay, I want you to look out for the following things as an overall guideline before we get to the very specific line-by-line -line answers. Because there's a, a theme to the test. There are certain approaches to your answer that you're wanting to look for. And so let's look at five grids that we're going to look through as we do a self-examination. Is that okay? Thank you. I've got one amen on the front row. That's good enough. Remember from last week, Peter was saying that the tests were to prove our faith, to show that it's genuine. And James was telling us that it would be that we could see that we are mature, complete, not lacking anything. So this is all positive, good reason for us to take these tests. So the first grid, grid number one, you ready? Always examine your life and what's going on in the world through the lens that God is winning and he always wins. So our responses are in line with God is winning and he always wins. This is important for us so that we 
looking and evaluating our life, our actions, our behavior in a positive way, remembering that God wins. He is the victorious one. And because we are in him, we too will overcome. Quick scripture for you. Romans 8 verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Yea, give yourself a pass mark because you are more than a conqueror. You understand? So God is winning and because we're in him, we're winning too. So our mindset needs to be that we are victors and not victims. Yeah? So we're evaluating our mindset. How did we handle the test over the last while? We're not victims. We're not under the circumstances. Yeah? So when people say, hey, how are you doing? No, look, under the circumstances, I'm okay. What are you doing under the circumstances? Get above them. Yeah? So we're living above these things because our heart and our mind is, you know, seeing things very differently. That's because we live from heaven to earth. We see everything that's going on in the planet from a spiritual point of view. We are not limited to this world's kind of thinking. This is powerful stuff, yeah? So how about another scripture for you? Colossians chapter 3, the first four verses. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. In other words, the outcome, the result, is a pass. You are going to appear with him in glory. This is good news. Right? So, set your heart, set your mind. What are we talking here? Your emotions. Your feeling. How do you feel about what's going on in the world? It's kind of like, well, set it above. How does God feel about things? Is he quivering on the throne, worried about what's going to happen with the outcome of the world? No, of course not. He's not in fear. He's not in panic. He's not intimidated. There's no anxiety in him. So if we seated with him, let's set our hearts to be in the same frequency as his heartbeat for the world. The economy, is he worried? <laughs> so let us set our hearts. We have to choose to do that. Set your mind. Don't let your mind run away to false or wrong conclusions. Yeah? There's a choice to be made as we're looking at life 
at we looking and examine our own lives, heart and mind set on him above, and then we live from heaven to earth. Good, supernatural Christian living. Yay! On earth as it is in heaven. Amen. All right. Grid number two. We need to recognize and look at everything knowing that God is large and in charge. He's really big and he's in charge of what's going on. I didn't use the word in control. I used the word in charge on purpose. Not only is he large and in charge, but he's working everything out according to his plan and purpose. All right. How about this? In Romans 8 and verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings, oh, remember we were about tests and trials and difficulties and, and, and the test. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Okay? The end result? The past mark glory. Verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been, who have been called according to his purpose. Have you been called? Absolutely. And he's working out everything according to his purpose. Not the enemy's purpose. Not any human government or organization's purpose. According to his purpose. So when they start branding about things like the Great Reset, you don't have to come under that as though they had the final say. You don't have to worry about what the stock market says as though the economy and the stock market has the final say. God is so busy and powerfully at work and he causes all things to turn around and work and it comes together to become good for you. That's how large he is. This is good news. Yeah? How about Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with some spiritual blessing. Oh, I think I like your version better. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Everything you need, he has released that. It's available to you. You happy? For he chose us. He chose us. Yeah? That's incredible. He saw you and he chose you. He's not stuck with you. He wants you. Out of his heart of love and compassion for you, he reached out. He chose us. Oh my goodness, this is so good. And when did he do this? Last week? 
When you were born? No. Before the creation of the world. I mean, is that not mind-boggling? God knows all things. God is outside of time. He created this dimension of time. He's not restricted to it. He is bigger than time. That's why he knows the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning, everything in between. We go through time chronologically. God doesn't have to do that. That's why all his prophetic words are true. Because he's just kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll share with you what's chronologically going to happen in the future. I'll share that with you now. We get a prophetic word. Oh my goodness, isn't it amazing? Look what happened. <laughs> All right. Come and do theology, we'll help you. Before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. Again, give yourself a pass, Mike. He's created you, he's chosen you to be holy and blameless in his sight. Yay! In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. According to his will, he's causing everything to come into alignment with his will. Verse 9, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. He's bringing everything into unity and harmony according to his purpose under Christ. He is Lord of all. Now, not every knee currently is bowing, but there will come a time when every knee will bow. So we do not yet see everything subjected under him, but we will. We're in this in-between bit. So as we're examining our lives and our responses and what's going on in the world, we're in a place of peace because he is the Prince of Peace. And he is over it all and he knows the outcome and he's in charge and he's busy working everything so that it will come into alignment with his good pleasure and his will. And nothing and no one will stop what he's doing. COVID or no COVID, it won't blow his plans. Economy up, economy down, it won't blow his plans. Your sports team win, your sports team lose, it won't blow his plans. Your children do well at school, your children do poorly at school, it won't blow his plans. You made a mistake, you blew it, it won't mess up his plans. Oh my goodness, that is a huge thing. Because our hearts want to condemn us. But the Spirit says, don't do that. He paid it all. You're forgiven. Go to the cross. Okay. 
Verse 11. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. He works out everything. So as we're looking at our lives and we're looking at the ups and the downs and the ebbs and the flows, we're examining how we're doing in the context of he's got it all and he's working it all out according to his plan and his purpose. So we're on a journey towards the establishment, the finality, the implementation, the fullness of his kingdom. We're on a journey, we're somewhere on the journey, but we're examining ourselves in light of the fact that he wins. He sorts it all out. You okay? Grid number three. There are two opposing operating systems. We understand in the natural, you know, you've got the apple of his eye and you've got Android. <laughs> so we understand there are two operating systems, right? Your phone, you know, your computer we, we, operating systems. We can operate out of one of two operating systems. We can operate out of the operating system of love, or we can operate out of the operating system of fear. How's this in first letter of John, chapter 4, verse 16. And so we know and we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. All right, so operating system, we're operating in love. Yeah, because we're in God. Cool? Yes, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. That's the examination day. In this world, we are like Jesus. Cool? Yeah? Verse 18, there is no fear in love. Operating system love or operating system fear. And there's no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So we can understand that there's this big deal going on between these two operating systems. And we are pulled one way or the other by so many signals that are happening in the world right now. But to Timothy... Chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So we, don't have, we were not given the spirit of fear. We were given the spirit of love. Okay? So, just briefly as we looking at some answers and, and the way we check the answers that we have written in our own lives is we look at our footprints. 
we, we look at the recordings of our conversations. All right? So, were my footprints, were my conversations, are there some areas that dabbled in the wrong operating system? And, and this is a particularly important one as we examine what's gone on in the last two years because we were facing a spiritual battle. Remember that when there was this whole barrage of communication that came into the world in 2020, a spirit of fear rode on top of this pandemic. And then in 2021, with the injections, came a spirit of division. You are either for or against. You couldn't be, you know, on the fence anymore. And so division between family members, between friends, you, it, it was a spirit of polarization. We, we've seen the same kind of thing in politics and, um, you know, various other aspects of life. So this division, this polarizing, there was a spirit that came on it. A sense that I have is there was, there's an attempt for another spirit to be unleashed on the planet and it's the spirit of control. Wanting to dictate to everybody what they can do and what they can say, what they can think. And so we've got these fact checkers who are self-appointed by the people who operate out of one system to silence anybody who's got an opposing view. I always ask myself the question, so who appointed these self-righteous fact-checkers? And who pays their salary? And when I found out the answer to that, <laughs> it was laughable it's so blatant. I long ago stopped asking Dr. Google. Because Dr. Google will manipulate your answer. It's about time you change your browser. Mm. It's possible. Sorry, come back. Sorry, come back, come back. I lost some of you there. Come back, come back, come back, come back. You're kind of like, okay, just come back. Spirit of fear. Spirit of division, polarizing. Spirit of control. But hang on, wait a minute. Remember the previous grid. God's working out everything in conformity. I think possibly what we may find. This is not John prophesying. This is maybe prediction. A little difference. John trying to think through things. I think that the pendulum swung so far to an extreme that actually it's lost its momentum and the narrative and it's starting to come back to some kind of equilibrium. I think that's some, something that's going on. And so I, this, this, I think the spirit of control arrived a year too late. And I don't think it's actually going to take ground. That's John's opinion. It's not the word of the Lord, it's just John's opinion. 
grid number four. I just want to say thank you, Daryl. Fix the clock. We're on time. Thank you. <laughs> grid number four. Grid number four. There were two trees in the garden. There were two trees in the garden. You can either go to the tree of life and live from the tree of life, or you can go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you can eat of its fruit. And the fruit that comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it looks good to the eye, and it appears to be nutritious. And in fact, it can sustain one. But God wants us to rather go to the tree of life more than going to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, we find it operating in our world today. It rides on the spirit and, and the mindset of humanism. Man is the pinnacle of all of creation. We have evolved to become the king of the pile. And so we don't need God. We can fix our own mess. And we just need man-made solutions for man-made problems. And we are going to be okay. So humanism rejects the notion that there is a God does not actually want to embrace the spiritual realm at all. And so man tries to fix everything. We see operating in this tree of knowledge of good and evil. Jesus warned of two things. He said, be careful of yeast, the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of the Herodians. What was he talking about? I mean, he just performed this amazing miracle, and the, you know, like five loaves, two fish, feed thousands of people, and the guys look in the boat. It's kind of like we've only got one loaf of bread. Did you go, oh, forgot to go to spa? Oh, grief! It's curfew. We can't buy any more. Like, oh, we're in trouble. And Jesus is kind of like, guys, what are you talking about? I'm not talking about the bread. I'm talking about something else here. And he does something in the miraculous. And then soon after that, Mark records about blind eyes being opened. Hello. The Holy Spirit helped Mark to write the book to get our attention as to what's going on. The sequence of things is super, super important. That's why you must come and do best and we'll help you. <laughs> so you can see these things. He says, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees. You see, religion is man's attempt at solving spiritual issues. And religion, through self-made and self-inflicted rules and regulations, we try to make ourselves holy. And Jesus says, be careful of that. That'll be your downfall. The other thing he says, be careful of the political spirit, the Rhodians who try to use power and exert control and power over people for their own ends, and they manipulate people to do what they want them to do. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is riddled with these kinds of yeast. 
So as we're marking ourselves, let's make sure that we stay away from this kind of yeast. No Karens allowed. <laughs> Grid number five. What are we looking for? Okay. We're looking to give ourselves pass marks. We're looking for even a half mark. It's kind of like, yay, good, good, good. All right. The biggest grid that we want to look at our lives is through the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah? 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yay! Freedom! Isn't it interesting? Around the planet, tens and even hundreds of thousands of people protest on a weekly basis. You won't see this in mainstream media. But across the planet, tens of thousands of people have been protesting every weekend for the last six months. Liberty! Liberty! Freedom! I know I didn't ask you not to watch the news, and that's great. Because you wouldn't have seen this on the news anyway. So you've got to go to other places to see what's really happening on the planet right now. Tens of thousands of people every weekend shouting, Freedom! 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 Kind of goes against the narrative that's being pumped through mainstream media. This thing of People longing for freedom. Okay. It's a cry that comes from the heart. Where is true freedom found? Not in humanism. Not in man's solution. True freedom is found in the spirit. So as we examine our own lives, are we finding true freedom in the spirit? Not because the curfew is lifted. Curfew or no curfew doesn't matter. We're free. You understand? This is a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. How are you doing on the inside even when there was lockdown? This is the test. We're not under the circumstances. We're rising above it. Yay? So even if they want me to look like a doctor and put this thing on my face... It's not going to stop me from smiling. In fact, my eyes are going to smile more than what my mouth ever did. So that people can see that I'm smiling. Because it's coming from the inside, it's not an external thing. Freedom. The Spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. Verse 18, and we all who with unveiled faces, we contemplate, we reflect the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So as we gaze on the Lord, as we look into His face, we are changed, we are transformed. There's a shift that's taking place. We are being, being made into His likeness. He's the spirit we've been made into his likeness. Now let's jump across to Galatians chapter 5. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify 
the desires of the flesh. For the, desi the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Okay, so there's a struggle going on. Right? But like the operating systems, yeah? They're in conflict with each other so that you do not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under law. Guess what? We are in this operating system. We are not in this operating system. And you cannot operate in both operating systems at the same time. Yay. Come on, must I go back and preach Colossians all over again? <laughs> for those who haven't been here for a while, it took me nearly a year to go through the book of Colossians. One of the key things we noted, the truth from the scriptures, that we are dead. Dead, dead, dead. The old man is dead. We don't have two natures within us. We have one nature. We've been made alive in Christ. Once we were dead in our transgressions, now in the spirit we are alive in Christ. One nature on the inside. So we operate freedom in love. Yay. Verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, they've crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. So now we live by the Spirit. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. Yay! So we're not in the old flesh anymore. We are not part of that operating system. We're part of this operating system. We're alive in Christ, in the Spirit, in freedom. Yay! And because we're in the Spirit, we're also in Christ. And because we're in Christ, we will appear with Him in glory. We've won. We got the pass mark. Okay, now... Quickly, look over the last two years and rate yourself. Did you pass or did you fail? You passed. <laughs> you passed the test. All right. Now, sometimes a teacher will say, all right, you did okay, but I'm going to let you write the test one more time so that you get even higher marks. So you've passed the test. Great. But how about we go for even better marks next time? Because what do we know? We know there's another test around the corner. Why? So that we may go from glory to glory. Oh, it's a double win. We get bonus points. Yay! All right. God is going to make sense of everything that we've been through in the last two years for His glory and for our benefit. So view your lives through these grids and ensure that you continuously give yourself a pass mark. Hallelujah. Let's stand.
So the word that we had for this year was intentional. Yeah? Intentional. Don't worry, they're not offended, they're on duty, that's why they're going early. Okay, can I have your attention? Okay, the rest of you. The word that we sense the Lord saying to us, let's be intentional. Right? Let's live our lives in such a way that they make an impact and an influence on the world around us. Let's not have the mindset that says, life is happening to me. You remember the word that Lisa had at the beginning of the year? 2022 is like a mat in front of you. It's small. You're big. Step on it as you step into it. Don't let the, the year intimidate you. You go and intimidate the year. We're not on the back foot. We're on the front foot. We're living intentionally by faith. And as we live our lives with these different grids in mind, we're going to ensure that we're getting top marks. And it's amazing. He's the examiner and he's given us the cheat sheet. We know how to pass. Yay! All right, let me pray. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us in and through your grace, not through our own efforts and energy, as though we had the ability to gain glory through our own sweat, but by your favor and grace and mercy, would you enable us to live a life worthy of the calling, a life that pleases you. Thank you that in the Spirit we have freedom and that freedom causes us to succeed. We thank you, Lord, for the truth that you are the all-powerful one and you are more powerful than anything the enemy can do. And so we trust you. We trust you with our lives we trust you with this year, and we trust you with the outcome. Cause us, Lord, to live with this in mind. And now, as we go from this place, may your blessing of peace be ours. Infuse our hearts and our minds that we live from a place of peace. May your joy, the victorious joy of overcomers, bubble up from deep within and cause it to overflow and infect everybody we come across. <laughs> and may your provision and your protection be our portion this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's give him praise.